Book Three, Canto Nine, The Legend of Brito Martis. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. The Fairy Queen by Edmund Spencer. Book Three, The Legend of Brito Martis, Canto Nine. Malbecco will no strange knight's host for peevish jealousy. Paradel gis with Bridamart both show their ancestry. Redoubted knights and honourable dames, to whom I level all my labours end, right sore I fear, least with unworthy blames, this odious argument my rhymes should shend, or aught your goodly patience offend. Whiles of a wanton lady I do write, Which with her loose incontinence doth blend, The shining glory of your sovereign light, And knighthood fouled a face by a faithless knight. But never let the ensample of the bad Offend the good for good by paragon, Of evil may more notably be rad, As white seems fairer matched with black atone. Nay all are shamed by the fault of one, for lo in heaven, whereas all goodness is, Amongst the angels a whole legion, Of wicked sprites did fall from happy bliss, What wonder then if one of women all did miss? Then listen, lordings, if ye list to weet, The cause why Satrain and Paridel Mote not be entertained as seemed meet Into that castle as that squire does tell, Therein a cankered, crabbed carl does dwell, That has no skill of court nor courtesy, Ne cares what men say of him ill or well, For all his days he drowns in privity, Yet has full large to live and spend at liberty. But all his mind is set on mucky pelf, To hoard up heats of evil gotten mass, For which he others wrongs and wrecks himself, Yet is he linked to a lovely lass, Whose beauty doth her bounty far surpass, To which to him both far unequal years, And also far unlike conditions has, For she does joy to play amongst her peers, And to be free from hard restraint and jealous fears. But he is old and withered like high, Unfit fair lady's service to supply, the privy guilt whereof makes him all why, Suspect her guilt and keep continual spy, Upon her with his other blinked eye, Ne suffereth he resort of living white, Approach to her ne keep her company, But in close bower her mused from all men's sight, Deprived of kindly joy and natural delight. Malbecco he and Helenor she height, Unfitly yoked together in one team, That is the cause why never any knight Is suffered here to enter but he seem, Such as no doubt of him he need misdeem, Thereat Sir Satrine gan smile and sigh, Extremely mad the man I surely deem, That weans with watch and hard restraint to sty, A woman's will which is disposed to go astray. In vain he fears that which he cannot shown, For who wots not that woman's subtle ties, Can guile an Argus when she list Miss Doan? Is it not iron bands, nor hundred eyes, Nor brassen walls, nor many wakeful spies, 
that can withhold her willful wandering feet. But fast good will with gentle courtesy eyes, and timely service to her pleasures meet, may her perhaps contain that else would all gates fleet. Then is he not more mad, said Paradell, that hath himself unto such service sold, in doleful thraldom all his days to dwell, for such a fool I do him firmly hold, that loves his fetters though they were of gold, but why do we devise of others ill, whilst thus we suffer this same dotard old, to keep us out in scorn of his own will, and rather do not ransack all, and himself kill. Nay, let us first, said Sadi Rain, entreat the man by gentle means to let us in, and afterwards affray with cruel threat, dear that we to a force it do begin, then if all file we will by force it win, and eke reward the wretch for his misprise, as may be worthy of his heinous sin, that counsel pleased then Paridel did rise, and to the castle gate approached it quiet wise. Whereat soft knocking entrance he desired, the good man's self, which then the porter plied, him answered that all were now retired, unto their rest and all the cays convied, unto their master who in bed was lied, that none him durst wake out of his dream, and therefore them of patience gently pride. Then Paradell began to change his theme, and threatened him with force and punishment extreme. But all in vain, for naught mote him relent, and now so long before the wicked fast, they waited, and the night was forward spent, and the fair welkin foully overcast, gan blowin' up a bitter stormy blast, with shower and hail so horrible and dread, that this fair many were compelled at last to fly for succour to a little shed, the which beside the gate for swine was ordered. It fortune soon after they were gone, another night toon tempest thither brought, came to that castle and with earnest moan, like all the rest laid entrance dear besought, but like so as the rest he prayed for naught, for flatly he of entrance was refused. Sorely their he was displeased, and thought how to avenge himself so sore abused, and evermore the carl of courtesy accused. But to avoid the intolerable stour, he was compelled to seek some refuge near, and to that shed to shroud him from the shower, he came, which full of guests he found while So as he was not let to enter there, whereat he gan to wex exceeding wroth, and swore that he would lodge with them he fear, or them dislodge, all were they lief for loath, and so defied them each, and so defied them both. Both were full loath to leave that needful tent, And both full loath in darkness to debate, Yet both full leaf him lodging to have lent, And both full leaf his boasting to abate, But chiefly Paradell his heart did great, To hear him threaten so despitefully, As if he did a dog to kennel rate, That durst not bark and rather had he die, then when he was defied in coward corner lie. 
though hastily remounting to his steed though hastily remounting to his steed he forth issued like as a boisterous wind which in the earth this hollow caves hath long been heed and shut up fast within her prisons blind makes the huge element against her kind to move and tremble as it were aghast until that it an issue forth may find then forth it breaks and with his furious blast confounds both land and seas and skies doth overcast their steel-head spears they strongly couched and met together with impetuous rage and force that with the terror of their fierce affret they rudely drove to ground both man and horse that each a while lay like a senseless corse but paradel sore bruised with the blow could not arise the counter-charge to scores till that young squire him reared from below then drew he his bright sword and gan about him throw but satrane forth-stepping did them sty and with fair treaty pacified their ire then when they were accorded from the fry against the castle's lord they gan conspire to heap on him due vengeance for his ire they been agreed and to the gates they go to burn the same with unquenchable fire and that uncourteous carl their common foe to do foul death to die or wrap in grievous woe malbecco seeing him resolved indeed to flame the gates and hearing them to call for fire and earnest ran with fearful speed and to them calling from the castle wall besought them humbly him to bear withal as ignorant of servants bad abuse and slack attendance unto strangers call the knights were willing all things to excuse though not believed and entrance late did not refuse they beany brought into a comely bower and served of all things that mote needful be yet secretly their hosted on them lower and welcome more for fear than charity but they dissemble what they did not see and welcome themselves each gan undight their garments wet and weary armour free to dry themselves by vulcane's flaming light and eke their lately bruised parts to bring in plight and eke that stranger knight amongst the rest was for like need enforced to disarray though when as veiled was her lofty crest her golden locks that were in trammel's guy upbounding did themselves a down display and wrought into her heels like sunny beams that in a cloud their light did long time stay their vapour vaded show their golden gleams and through the persant air shoot forth their azure streams she also doffed her heavy haberion which the fair feature of her limbs did hide and her well-plighted frock which she did won to tuck about her short when she did ride her low let fall and flow from her lank side down to her foot with careless modesty then of them all she plainly was espied to be a woman white and wist to be the fairest woman white that ever i did see 
like as Minerva being late returned, from slaughter of the giants conquered, where proud Enceladus' wide nostrils burned, with breathed flames like to a furnace red, transfixed with the spear down tumbled dead, from top of Hemus by him heaped high, hath loosed her helmet from her lofty head, and her Gorgonian shield gins to untie, from her left arm to rest in glorious victory, which when as they beheld they smitten were, with great amazement of so wondrous sight, and each on other and they all on her, stood gazing as if sudden great affright, had them surprised at last avising right, her goodly personage in glorious hue, which they so much mistook they took delight, in their first error, and yet still anew, with wonder of her beauty, fed their hungry view. Yet note their hungry view be satisfied, and seeing still the more desire to see, and ever firmly fixed did abide, in contemplation of divinity. But most they marvelled at her chivalry, and noble prowess which they had approved, that much they feigned to know who she mote be, yet none of all them her thereof amoved, yet every one her liked, and every one her loved. And Paradel, though partly discontent with his late fall and foul indignity, yet was soon won his malice to relent through gracious regard of her fair eye, a knightly worth which he too late did try, yet tried did adore, supper was dight, then did Malbecco prayed of courtesy, that of his lady they might have the sight, and company at meet to do them more delight. But he to shift their curious request, gan cousin why she was not come in place, her crescent health, her late recourse to rest, and humid evening ill for sick folk's case. But none of those excuses could take place, ne'er would they eat, till she in presence came. She came in presence with right comely grace, and fair they saluted as became, and showed herself in all a gentle courteous dame. They sate to meet and satrain his chance, was her before and Paradel beside, but he himself sate looking still askance, Gainst Bridamart and ever closely eyed, Sir Satrain that glances might not glide, But his blind eye that sided Paradel, All his demesnure from his side did hide, On her fair face so did he feed his fill, And sent close messages of love to her at will. And ever and a gnome when gnome was where, with speaking looks that close embassage bore, He roved at her and told his secret care, For all that art he learned had of yore. Nay was she ignorant of that lewd yore, But in his eye his meaning wisely read, And with the like him answered evermore, She sent at him one fiery dart whose head, Impoisoned was with privy lust and jealous dread. He from that deadly throw made no defence, But to the wound his weak heart opened wide. The wicked engine, through false influence, Passed through his eyes and secretly did glide Into his heart, which it did sorely gride, 
but nothing new to him was that same pain ne pain at all for he so oft had tried the power thereof and loved so oft in vain that thing of course he counted love to entertain thenceforth to her he sought to intimate his inward grief by means to him well known now bacchus fruit out of the silver plate he on the table dashed as overthrown or of the fruitful liquor overflown and by the dancing bubbles did divine or therein right to let his love be shown which well she read out of the learned line a sacrament profane in mystery of wine and when so of his hand the pledge she wrought the guilty cup she feigned to mistake and in her lap did shed her idle drought showing desire her inward flame to slake by such close signs they secret way did make unto their wills and one eyes watch escape two eyes him needeth for to watch and wake who lovers will deceive thus was the ape by their fair handling put into malbecco's cape now when of meats and drinks they had their fill purpose was moved by that gentle dame unto those knights adventurous to tell of deeds and arms which unto them became and every one his kindred and his name then paradel in whom a kindly pride of gracious speech and skill his words to frame abounded being glad of so fit tide him to commend to her the spake of all well-eyed troy that art now naught but an idle name and in thine ashes buried lotus lie though willem far much greater than thy fame before that angry gods and cruel sky upon thee heaped a direful destiny which boots it boasts thy glorious descent and fetch from heaven thy great genealogy sith all thy worthy praises being blent their offspring hath embassed and later glory shent most famous worthy of the world by whom that war was kindled which did troy inflame and stately towers of ilion willome brought unto baleful ruin was by name sir paris far renowned through noble fame who through great prowess and bold hardiness from lacedaemon fetched the fairest dame that ever greece did boast or knight possess whom venus to him gave for meed of worthiness fair helen flower of beauty excellent and girland of the mighty conquerors that madest many ladies dear lament the heavy loss of their brave paramours which they far off beheld from trojan towers and saw the fields of fair scamander strown with carcasses of noble warriors whose fruitless lives were under furrow sown and xanthus sandy banks with ploughed all overflown from him my lineage i derive a right who long before the ten years siege of troy whilst yet on ida he a shepherd height on fair enone got a lovely boy whom for remembrance of her past joy she of his father parius did name who after greeks did priam's realm destroy 
gathered the trojan relics saved from flame and with them sailing hence to the isle of paris came that was by him called paris which before hight now sir there be many years did reign and built nausicle by the pontic shore the which he dying left next in remain to paradas his son from whom i paradel by kin descend but for fair ladies love and glories gain my native soil i've left my days to spend in sowing deeds of arms my lives and labours end when as the noble Bridemart heard tell of trojan wars and priam's city sacked the rueful story of sir paradel she was impassioned at that piteous act with zealous envy of greeks cruel fact against that nation from whose race of old she heard that she was lineal extract for noble britain sprung from trojans bold and troynevant was built of old troy's ashes cold then sighing soft a while at last she thus o lamentable fall of famous town which reigned so many years victorious and of all age brought the sovereign crown in one sad night consumed and thrown down what stony heart that hears thy hapless fate is not empirist with deep compassion and makes ensample of man's wretched state that flowers so fresh at morn and fades at evening late behold sir how your pitiful complaint hath found another partner of your pain for nothing may impress so dear constraint as country's cause and commune foes disdain but if it should not grieve you back again to turn your course i would to hear desire what to aeneas fell sith that men say he was not in the city's woeful fire consumed but did himself to safety retire anchises son begot of venus fair said he out of the flames for safeguard fled and with a remnant did to sea repair where he through fatal error long was led for many years and wheatless wandered from shore to shore amongst the laibic sands eurestes found much there he suffered and many perils passed in foreign lands to save his people sad from victor's vengeful hands at last in latium he did arrive where he with cruel war was entertained of vinland folk which sought him back to drive till he with old latinus was constrained to contract wedlock so the fates ordained wedlock contract is blood and aching blood accomplished that many dear complained the rival slain the victor through the flood escaped hardly hardly praised his wedlock good yet after all he victor did survive and with latinus did the kingdom part but after when both nations gan to strive into their names the title to convert his son eulus did from thence depart with all the warlike youth of trojans blowed and in long alba plast is thrown apart where fair it flourished and long time it stowed till romulus renewing to rome remode there there said bridemard afresh appeared 
the glory of the later world to spring and troy again out of her dust was reared to sit in second seat to sovereign king of all the world under her governing but a third kingdom yet is to arise out of the trojan scattered offspring that in all glory and great enterprise both first and second troy shall dare to equalize it troy navantis height that with the waves of wealthy thamis washed is along upon whose stubborn neck whereat he raves with roaring rage and sore himself does throng that all men fear to tempt his billows strong she fastened hath her foot which stands so high that it a wonder of the world is song in foreign lands and all which passen by beholding it from far do think it threats the sky the trojan brute did first that city found and highgate made the mere thereof by west an overt gate by north that is the bound toward the land to rivers bound the rest so huge a scope at first him seemed best to be the compass of his kingdom's seat so huge a mine could not in lesser rest nay in small mirrors contain his glory great that albion had conquered first by warlike feet ah fairest lady knight said pardel pardon i pray my heedless oversight who had forgot that whilom i heard tell from age mnemon for my wits being light indeed he said if i remember right that of the antique trojan stock there grew another plant that wrought to wondrous height and far abroad his mighty branches threw into the utmost angle of the world he knew for that same brute too much he did advance in all his speech was silvius his son whom having slain through luckless arrows glance he fled for fear of that he had misdone or else for shame so foul reproach to shown and with him led to see an youthly train where weary wandering they long time did one and many fortunes proved in the ocean main and great adventures found that now were long to sane at last by fatal course they driven were into an island spacious and broad the furthest north that did to them appear which after rest they seeking far abroad found it the fittest soil for their abode fruitful of all things fit for living food but wholly wast and void of people's trod save an huge nation of the giants abode that fed on living flesh and drunk men's vital blowed whom he through weary wars and labours long subdue with loss of many britons bold in which the great goy magot of strong corinius and cowlin of debonold were overthrown and laid on the earth for cold which quaked under their so hideous mass a famous history to be enrolled in everlasting monuments of brass that all the unique worthies merits far did pass 
His work great Troynavan, tis work is ache, fair Lincoln both renowned far away, that who from east to west will end long sake, cannot to fairer cities find this day, except Cleopolis, so heard I say, O Mnemon, therefore, sir, I greet you well, your country kin, and you entirely pray, of pardon for the strife which late befell, betwixt us both unknown, so end Paradell. But all the wheel that he these speeches spent upon his lips hung fair Dame Helenor, with vigilant regard and due attent, fashioning worlds of fancies evermore, in her frail wit that now her quite forlore, the wheels and wears away her wondering eye, and greedy ear her weak heart from her bore, which he perceiving ever privily in speaking many false bell guards at her let fly. So long these nights discourse diversely of strange affairs and noble hardy meant, which they had passed with mickle jeopardy, that now the humid night was far forth spent, and heavenly lamps were half and dearly brent, which though man seeing well, o too long thought, every discourse and every argument, which by the hours he measure besought, them go to rest, so all unto their bowers were brought. End of Canto 9, Book 3